I'm Spade Robinson, and this is Storyteller Therapy. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. This is going to be the last episode in our three-part series on rejection and the last episode before I take my summer hiatus and focus on the projects that I'm working on and then come back in the fall with more storyteller therapy. In the meantime, let's just get in. So before I go off and take a break, there's some things we need to talk about. In the first episode in this series, we talked about rejection from creative opportunities at your labs, your fellowships, things like that. The second episode, we talked about rejection from potential jobs. This third episode is something that I think people talk about a little less, which is mastering rejection from industry relationships. So we all sort of have a relationship with different industry people. Either we are mentoring or we are getting mentorship or we're looking to connect to some executive or some network person or some showrunner or some producer, director, whoever, somebody. Or the other version of it is just like the cool kids crowd, right? Like people in this industry who are moving and shaking and doing things and we hang out with them, we see them at a festival or whatever. And it's like, ooh, I should be a part of that group. Whatever it is, everybody, a lot of people, I won't say everybody, a lot of us, a lot of people, a lot of my clients are attempting to find a tribe or get help or create relationships that are going to move them forward and create some kind of momentum for them. It's not something people openly talk about, but you can get rejected from these relationships and slighted or sort of blown off and it can sometimes put you in a space where you're feeling inadequate or not very special or not very cool or not talented enough or not something enough and that can slow down your productivity, your confidence and things that you need to just move yourself forward. So we're going to unpack how to master, take control over rejection from industry relationships before we do that, I want to talk about a movie that I saw recently. This is probably one of the first films I'm not going to say I was <gasps> blown away by. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But this is for my listeners who just need to make something. They need their director or writer or somebody and they need to make something. I'm actually in the process of developing a film that a lot of it takes place inside of a car. And so a colleague of mine who's an editor suggested that I look at a film called Wheelman on Netflix. And I did. It's not 100% the camera is in the car, but I would say 90% of the film, the camera is definitely in the car. So that means you have one location. Now, it's shot in Los Angeles. You're driving around town. And so, of course, there are multiple locations where you end up. But in terms of like where you put the camera and creating setups, the setups happen in the car. The lighting is all street lighting. I mean, I don't know how they lit the car. But because we're so many different places in the car, it doesn't look like a very extensive lighting setup in the car. If there is a lighting setup in the car, you can make this for no money. Zero money. No money. Unless you wanted to hire actors, unless you wanted to pay your DP and AC, whatever. Like, this is a film that's doable if you had no money. Of course, you can scale it up and add money. There are rigs and things needed for the camera and, like, all kinds of stuff to attach the camera to the car. There's all kinds of stuff to make it look sleek and all of that. But if you are saying, I need to make something and I don't have a dollar to my name, I want you to watch Wheelman on Netflix and figure out what your version of that could be. And now you are without excuse go make something all right let's dive into our therapy session we've been talking about rejection today we're going to be talking about rejection from 
industry relationships. The first step to mastering rejection from industry relationships is to build your own squad. The way you build your own squad is you figure out what kind of team you need to get you where you want to go. And don't forget about emotional and mental support because you need that. You've decided, okay, to get me where I want to go, this is what kind of squad I need. I need one mentor who sort of works in the feature film financing space because I want to be an exec and I want to be a financier. I need one person in my life who kind of also keeps late hours, who likes to watch films. I mean, in order to be an exec, I have to watch a ton of films and I hate going to the movies by myself. So I sort of need somebody who's you know, another cinephile. So once you've figured out what kind of squad you need, you need to figure out what is missing from your squad. Who do you not already have? That's key because in a lot of these situations you're out there networking and meeting people and you're duplicating your squad and you're getting rejected and you're trying to figure out oh why is this happening but you haven't even figured out what you really need you're just out there meeting people in a very like general way you're setting yourself up for rejection people can smell the desperation and stop trying to add people to your life who don't need to be there that's like unnecessary and you end up being flaky and uh, trust me I don't maintain all of my relationships as well as I should and part of it is because People who I meet are new, they sort of fall off because even if they're important people or people that I should know, I don't have the capacity to maintain all these relationships. You don't have the capacity to maintain all these relationships. That is to say, in order to build your squad, you figure out what you need and then you figure out what is missing. And then you figure out what you have, like what types of people you already have in your squad. And then you figure out, lastly, what you can offer. So you know what kind of people you need in your squad that you don't have. You know what kind of people you have in your squad that you don't need because they're already there. And then you need to figure out what kind of person you are and what you can offer to somebody else. If you are in this industry and you are looking for favors and mentorship and connections and all of that kind of stuff, but you are not in a place where you have anything to give, first of all, everybody has something to give. You're not in a place where you feel like you are willing to have anything to give, then I would really slow down trying to meet new people. Because when you're networking, what you're asking about them is the same thing they're asking about you. And part of the reason why you're being rejected is because you seemingly don't have anything to add to relationships. Now, here's the truth. You do have something to add to relationships. Everybody has something to add to relationships. Even if you have no monies, no connections, no nothing to leverage, you can't, you don't have a printer at your house, people can print out a script, you don't have Wi-Fi, people can have a working session, you don't have what you, if, if you feel like you have nothing, you are homeless, you don't have no internet, you at least can be someone who knows I can be additive in that I am an incredibly encouraging person. I can be additive because I am homeless, but I have my cell phone and I don't have a job, which means I can read your script and at least tell you I don't, I'm not even a development head. I don't know what to do with it. But I can give you my thoughts. Like everybody has something to offer. So you need to figure out what you have to offer. And I think that you will get a lot less rejection when you're meeting people knowing yourself what you have to offer. But then look at those people who you said you have in your life. What are you offering to them? Do they see you as someone who's additive to their life? Professionally, even if professionally means in an emotional and mental capacity. So once you build out your squad, include yourself as a part of that and figuring out, okay, I'm the person in my squad who does this for myself and this is how I'm additive to my squad. The second thing is cultivate your squad. 
So now that you know who is missing, who you have, what you have to offer, seek new relationships purposefully. Again, seeking new relationships with people in this industry in a very vague, I just want to meet people and work in this industry is so haphazard, sets you up for rejection. And also it's really annoying because people are busy. So when I meet people randomly and they're like, oh, I'd love to pick your brain. I'd love to have coffee or whatever. I want to be as additive and as helpful as I can. There are not enough hours in every day to have coffee with people. So if you're not purposeful enough to know how I can be additive to your life, then it's waste of my time and your time to sit down for coffee because I could be helping someone who actually knows what they need or I could be working on my own stuff. So you want to seek relationships purposely. Know exactly what you're looking for. The second thing is maintain existing relationships. The work that I do is time consuming in the sense that people pay me per hour. If I'm watching your documentary and your cut is three hours, please don't send me a three hour cut. But if I'm watching your documentary and it's a three hour cut, then that is three hours. And if I'm writing notes on that three hour cut, that's another two hours or hour and a half maybe. And if I am sitting with you to talk about your cut, that's another hour, maybe hour and a half, right? It's time consuming because every bit of work I'm doing, I'm spending that exact amount of time on it, which is to say, I don't have a ton of time to maintain my relationships. That's kind of it. Like sometimes I have bigger corporate clients, right? So if my if I'm doing a job for Sony, the capacity usually ends up being super high, right? So I spend most of my time working. That's why I don't cultivate tons of brand new relationships. But with the people in my life, to maintain relationships with them, I usually try to gather more than one person in one place. That was a really long way to say that I rather have like a party or a gathering or like even if it's intimate, two girlfriends over to chit chat, catch up, cry, drink wine, check in. But it is more rare unless I'm meeting someone new to sit down with one person over coffee. Now I do that too. But I'm saying that 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 is the way that I personally maintain my relationships so that I don't lose touch with people. So I touch base. Hey, girl, how are you doing? Like my hand on your hand. Like, what's good? Are you how what's happening with that breakup? Are you good? Like I maintain my relationships, but I maintain them in bulk sometimes. So that is one way to do that. But you can't totally neglect your tribe or your squad. Like people go dark for a while to work on a film. I think that's fine. You're working on your screenplay. You go dark for two weeks. You cannot for six months go dark. You need to figure out a way to check in. The third thing is give generously. Cultivate your squad is not just what you can get from other people, but of course, I talk about this in the podcast all the time, what you can give. Trust me, I mean, there's just no way around giving. It's so wonderful. It's it's literally the best thing ever. The way that you build up your squad is, is figuring out ways that you can step into other people's lives or their careers or their situation and be additive. The third thing overall is to strategize around mentorship. My third point overall is about mentorship because a lot of the relationships that people are looking for are sometimes peer-to-peer, but a bulk of the relationships people are looking at are mentee-to-mentor relationships. There can be rejection around the fact that you asked Ava DuVernay to take her to coffee, to pick her brain, which she's already said in her speech, don't do that. Also, everything that she says about how she works and how she does what she does is available like on the internet. In terms of mentorship, you want to strategize around mentorship. That is the key. So thing number one when it comes to mentorship is to be specific with ask and person. Meaning, if you are looking for a mentor, be very, 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 very specific about what type of person you're looking for. Understanding that they may not, the best mentor for you may not be 17 steps above you. The best mentor may be three steps above you because the person seven steps above you or 17 steps above you. They got into this business 20 years ago. It's totally different. And also it's less likely that they 
they can really help you other than like making the phone call, introducing you to someone who can help you. But in terms of like being able to help you in a very tangible way, it's usually someone one or two steps above you. So be very specific about what career level that person is at that you're looking for to mentor you, what type of person you want to mentor you. So if you're a director and you want to become a director, then maybe another director can't help you because directors don't hire directors. That's not what happens. Showrunners hire directors. Producers hire directors, executive producers hire directors, you know, executives hire directors. So perhaps the person to best mentor you to get you more where you want to go isn't someone doing the job that you want to do, but someone adjacent to doing the job that you want to do who can help you get jobs like that, right? So be very specific about the type of person and be very specific about the ask. I cannot say this enough. If you're looking for a mentor, know what you want to ask them. You need to be well-researched enough about what it is that you want to do in this business to understand what your ask needs to be at this point in your life. If you have never directed anything episodic at all, but you want to be a television director, but your ask may be, I need help figuring out how to get a PA position because you know you want to be on set. Think about where you are and what you need help doing, but is doable and makes sense for where you are in terms of your resume and your experience and know exactly what that is. I just need help because I want to be a producer. Your potential mentor is not going to be able to help you because they'll be like, you need to figure out what, people are too busy to figure out how to strategize around your career. You need to have already done that. Be specific with your ask and the person. The second thing is educate yourself on being ready. If you're looking for a mentor, let's say you want someone to mentor you because you like to be an executive. You want to be a creative executive. You want to finance pictures and hire directors and package shows or whatever. And you want help doing that. You need to know how this business works very well in terms of the specific thing that you want to do, how you can get to where you're trying to go. So you've educated yourself and then you need to educate yourself on how to be ready, right? So you may not be ready for mentorship right now because you haven't shown that you've taken initiative. I want to mentor someone who I feel like, oh, I can really be helpful. Like I can actually make a difference as opposed to being like, this may be a drop in the bucket. Figure out what it is that you need to do or be doing. And you don't have to accomplish every single thing. But because you've taken the ingenuity to understand what you need to do and done a couple of those steps, then you know how to be ready. So you know when to approach a potential mentor as opposed to just approaching people as opposed to like not knowing when to approach them, right? The third thing is be ready for approaching someone. So now that you know exactly what you need to have done before you start approaching a mentor, then just do it. It's that simple. It's like, if I want to be a television director, I don't really have any connections in television. I haven't made anything episodic. I mean, I know a couple of prestigious shows, but I don't watch a ton of television. I don't even know what kind of show I would want to direct. Okay, okay, pause. You're not ready to be mentored by anyone, right? But you should probably start off by watching a shit ton of television, like watching every fucking thing Comedy, drama, hour long, 30 minute, all different types of tones, multicam, single cam, dark shows, lightweight comedies, musicals. You need to be, I don't even care if you don't think you're going to like it. You need to be watching a fuckload of television and then you need to figure out, okay, I'd probably want to direct a show like this or this or this, right? Okay. Then you need to figure out how to create something that resembles that. Then you need to figure out how to possibly get on a set or get on a set first and then create something. I mean, there's many ways to do this, right? And then you need to figure out what your shadowing life looks like. Or if you work on a show and you can move yourself up. Or do you want to go through AD route, which can take a 
very long time. But the point is, is that because you've educated yourself well enough and you know what to do, you don't have to have all of those things completed. But if you do meet a showrunner somewhere or you do meet an executive producer of a show or you do meet a director of a show who frequents the show a lot, then you say, I really need to shadow you. I love your show. I've watched every single season of it and I made a short that fits in with aesthetic of the show. I'd love to be able to shadow you sometime. I'm willing to go through a system or whatever, you know, submit myself or whatever programs you may have available or whatever, right? Because you've at least started that process and you prepared yourself for the opportunity of getting mentorship, okay? If you have any questions about these steps, please let me know. I will have in the show notes how you get in touch with me to ask a question. And for your homework of this week, thing number one, I want you to build your squad. That's a three-part homework assignment, but we went through that. It's what you're missing, what you have, and what you have to offer. Thing number two, I want you to be additive to one person's life in the next month. Be additive to one person's life professionally in the next month. And then the third thing is make a list of all the things that you have to do to prepare yourself for your mentor and then get started. All right, that's all that I have for this week. And that is all I have until after the summer hiatus is over. I will talk to you guys in the fall. Bye.